With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of The Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price.
Well, uh, right. And then we woke up. Because they had, you know, amen. Yes, they had our prosperity. And just like when you watch all those ancient films, warfare films, they looked up and outside of their wall was the enemy. Ships covering the ocean. Soldiers covering the beaches. Cities flanked on all sides. Enemies united against them. And that's where the church, that's how we woke up. Well, we woke the things that we see now, come on, guys, we can do better. We need to do better. We're pushing forward in this campaign. We're pushing forward in doing our homework. Doing your homework means that you have got to accept within yourself that what you believe might not be true and that you are open to receiving the truth and then shifting your posture and making a decision after you know the truth. The truth will make you free. There's, once you know the truth, you have a choice to make. This is why a lot of people want to stay in their lives. Because once you are confronted with the truth, no matter what it is about anything, hey, you know, we love this with plastic, and this is really acrylic. I mean, it doesn't even matter what it is. Once you are confronted with the truth, you have a decision to make. Am I going to not only accept the truth, but reject the lie, especially if you're loud about it? Because then if you're loud about it, you have to be loud about the truth. Is that what you want to do? You can see on your screen if you're watching Facebook, we have a Taking It On Season 2, Taking It On with Paul Price Season 2. This is Dr. Price's television show. We gave a sneak peek at Cultural Study Training Institute this year. Everybody was excited to see it. We're on a new location, shooting actually out of Oral Roberts University, the Golden Eagle Broadcasting uh, Station. We are broadcasting now. We're starting next week to broadcast on Golden Eagle broadcast nationally, not just locally. So we're taking this thing all the way to the limit. This is only the beginning. We're already on the Word Network, already on the Now Network, and we are now expanding. So you can go to www.takingiton.com, takingiton.com, and get caught up. But also find out how to partner with us, because this broadcast is not free. It is not free. Recording isn't free. Producing post-production isn't free, as well as getting on these networks and getting on the ones that reach the world. We as saints are so good for saying, again, well, I don't do it. You know, you just provide. You put, where? Where is my bucket? You know, the manna has a song from heaven and all that. It's up. Okay? And it, that... That I haven't seen the thing with the money. You no, know, the going fishing is the coins and the fish mouth. That's the funny. Thing. Okay, we don't have the goldfish pond where we just pull out all of these gold bullions. Come on, little fishies, give me my gold, give me my silver coins. This no, it takes people are conduits of miracles. People are conduits of breakthrough. People are conduits of connections. We're seeing this now where we are as an organization. It's through connections and people that we get to where we're going. And so partnership is so essential. Could Jesus have come by himself and been a solo act? I'm sure he can. He was God in the flesh. But he surrounded himself with like-minded people. He surrounded himself with those who would partner with him in fulfilling what he started. And so we need partners to, to partner with us to fulfill what we have begun. Taking it on with Paul Price, 
who also has been with Dr. Price in this journey, and they have known each other for years, Apostle Howard Hatcher. You know, there is something about apostles with last names like Hatcher. We have an Apostle Savage on our group. <laughs> we were in the panel. We were in the panel with Hope, right, with Apostle Hope. We were on the panel. She was on the panel. They were on the panel. I wasn't on the panel. I was taking pictures of the panel, okay? But they were on the panel with the Pastor Battle. You know, I said, what in the name? There is something. Calvin Battle at that. Yes. I said, there is something in the name of these apostles that tells you what they are here to do. So this, this man of God is appropriately named Pastor because he is going to lay an axe to the root of your error, <laughs> to the root of your misguided opinions, to the root of what you thought was true and is not, to the root of the lies that, that Satan has permeated in his body and perpetrated against God's people. And I'm excited for these two to be on this show together because uh, I would say, Apostle Hatcher, that your mantle is such a compliment yeah. and your intelligence. Look, look, listen. This is what we say now, right? I'm, I'm, I'm leaning it. I get excited. I get excited. We'll be looking. You know, is, is she up? Is she on? I want to drink. Come on, give me some drink. Push the push the button. You're on. She's on. She's going to turn it up. Okay. I got to turn it up. And also, not just anointing, because we talk about anointing and mantles, but intelligence and education. I can speak to heaven with that. Yes, Lord. You're listening. Yes, God. Speak. Yes, God. <laughs> Can you bring up those just a little more? Go ahead, Scott. You want to say something? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying we're going to have a phenomenal, phenomenal show. And I know it's going to be phenomenal because we are on Thursday. See, this is the Jesus and Paula show starring Jesus Christ and Paula Front. So I found out when we give him top billing, he tends to talk. Did anybody notice that? When we, we call his name first, we call the name. We call his name first. He's like, okay, I got something to say. Some mornings I wake up and I say, well, Jesus, I don't have anything to say. He said, I do. I'm saying, I bet you have. <laughs> you know? So I like it. And I, I, I love the fact that it's Jesus and Paul's show. Because my life is Jesus and Paul. I know the people got something else. I don't know. Bless your heart. I got Jesus and Paul. And so my mandate. My commission is to make this man popular and world-dominating again. And as surely as he sits on the throne of creation, I promise you that will be. That much I'm sure of. So I'm excited about the Jesus and Paula show, which, as she told you, I had a, a paper high family. Before we get started, do me a big favor. Go and tell your friends. Share, share, share. And share, share, and share some more. Especially you all who really think that I am a turncoat because I believe and I know for a fact that Donald Trump will be president again. Tell them, people need a reason to get mad. You should not have to suck up all of that ire. <laughs> you know, boiling fountains are the stew. You know, y'all, some of y'all wrote me. It was so really wonderful after you saw me with you everybody said you wrote me. And I just want to thank you so much for your opinion. Isn't that wonderful they wrote me? What have you done for black people? I said, first of all, I survived blackness on both sides. 
I think that's an achievement. I, I survived black people. And then I survived white people. So that, I think that's a major achievement. And uh, I've done other things. So go to my website. You can see what I've been doing, drpaulaprice.com. So you don't have to waste your time writing long letters for nothing. You know I mean? So go to drpaulaprice.com. You're going to find out about me. We're also loading all of our information and links statistical links on my site for you to do your homework because one of the things that I will say, when you do your homework, then nobody's controlling your mind but you. The black community needs thought leaders instead of rage feeders. Right now, we're operating off rage feeders. And I would love to say that our rage feeders are black, but they're not. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I am not impressed with black folk who a white man can pay to say they're important. Either we're black and we got white issues and racial issues or we don't. We cannot have them both ways. So go to my website and we're going to find out. We, we even have some links up there to tell you what Barack Obama did for black people versus what Donald Trump has done because I don't care if their names were Willie, Millie, and Silly. The record speaks for itself. That's our job. Our job is to deal with truth. If we want to rescue black people, huh? if we want to help our brethren, then we're going to have to do more than be monkeys with a hand up our back. Because that's what we are right now. They can make us a pawn about anything. We need something to happen, it'll make us a pawn. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that before I bring my illustrious guest up and my brand new, brandy new hot sauce. We've known each other, but God is doing a work bringing those that care about him together to not only love on Jesus, but to know where Jesus is and where Jesus isn't. The job of an apostle is to know where Jesus is. If you, unless you're an apostle to the world. Now, there are secular apostles. We're not going to dispute that. There are secular apostles who work for their deity. But every apostle is supposed to uphold the deity that puts them in their seat. What people don't know and should know is that apostleship is the first highest human occupation in all creation. And it's a shame we didn't do a lot better at understanding the power of this office. We also should know that apostles did not begin in the church. The reason God had to write 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and 29, is because they, were, they began as kingdom agents and thronal representatives. See, I'm an agent of the throne of Christ, not just church doctrine. I'm not just ecclesial. I'm thronal. I know my job is to back and uphold the throne of Jesus Christ and see to his dominion. That is my, I'm, I'm clear on that. So they can talk all day long. See, I'm not one of those people that I, I went to a conference and, went to, and heard it and I'm just dropping it to buzzwords. You go to my book, God's Apostle Revive. I was the first person to write a full manual on it. Eternity General, I was the first person to write on it. Um, uh, Divine Order for Spiritual Boundaries, I was the first person to write on that in that why. Gift versus office, I was first. So I'm not talking about something I picked up. I'm talking that I did the work for this. Do your homework. 
know what you're talking about. If you ask me what my prayer is for black people, that they would do their homework and they would, they would allow their intelligence to eclipse their sentiments. See, right now, we're a sentimental people. But intelligence is not the thing that we do. So let's look at where I'm going so we're all on the same page. So I want to talk today about something that I call retro racism. Retro racism. So we understand there is, there is reality racism or what we would call contemporary racism, and then there's retro racism. Now, I have said from the very beginning, because when you're an apostle, you've got to go to the, pro- the archetypical to understand the prototypical. Y'all like this? You say, well, hold on, I got I got to study when you talk about. Come on, we didn't give up. Come on, wake up. You know, we missed the week, and I have to remember that. Ah, ring that bell. Because retro racism is not the same as contemporary racism. Contemporary racism is working with the zeitgeist of the era. So was retro racism. Way back in time, you know, when I was a kid, 12 years old, I remember racism. Being on a, a train with my grandmother, going to Buffalo, New York, in a gorgeous train, a train that had beautiful plush seats, and being told I couldn't sit there. That's retro racism. I remember being thirsty, so thirsty I thought I could pass out, and I went over to a water fountain and my grandmother snatched me. I remember not being able to ride the bus with my mother when she went down to Woolworths, just so I could date myself. <laughs> and we couldn't, we had to walk downtown, my mother and six children. So I want you to understand, I remember that. I remember not being able to walk on certain streets at all. I remember my teacher hating my gut and my IQ being lied to me when I was in the fourth grade. I remember that retro. So before we go on with this here thing, let's make sure we're talking about the right racism. Because there is retro, come on, hashtag, retro racism. Hashtag. We need a new dialogue. In order to get a new result, we need to have new narrative, new dialogue, new discussion, and we need to have new vocabulary because you can't fix an old problem with the old weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments. Argument means intelligence. And one of the things that I pray my race does is begin to accelerate and accentuate in intelligence over sensitive. Then we will not be pawns to the George Soros of the world. Because right now we're pawns, masquerading as liberators. I don't know about you, but I think that's powerful. Wait a minute, I got a bell, don't mess with me. Hey, hey, I even got a boom, devil, I'm stressed. Let it be so. You can talk to me about Black Lives Matter when, in fact, Black Lives Matter. See, right now, Black Lives Matter is running on the money that matters. 
their message's money. This man paid them to go out and make white folks feel guilty and black folks feel oppressed. Now, you're talking about people racing, riding up in high-class cars, going to high-end restaurants, living in high-class homes, wearing expensive jewelry. Retro racism didn't have those accoutrements. We wore raggedy clothes. We often had hand-me-down clothes. Usually had, couldn't fix the clothes we had. We lived on dirt farms, etc. So I'm going to stand out because when you're a thought leader, you change thoughts. That's why you lead. So I'm standing out saying we need to have a conversation that, that, that is going to archive retro racism and start with our game so us to change the game. We did game. And that's why people don't want to listen to us because we're, 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 they're looking at us sitting across their restaurant talking about oppression. Now, we may not want, they may not want to live in our neighborhoods and we may not want to live in theirs. But are we talking about lifestyle or are we talking about incidents? Because we need to. You can legislate all day long. The solution to this is not merely legislation. The, 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 to me, we've got to change the psychological concept of our identity versus their identity. You know, I was reading an article today, with, I think it was Brianna, somebody, I'll get to it later. But I was reading an article today, and she was talking about, and then we're not including the Latinos, and we're not including the Americans. First of all, I want to applaud the Native Americans. You know, we cried. We won. We bowed out. We tore up. They built casinos. They paid their way back. I got a wonderful casino that we passed. Now, you know what I, what I feel about it one way or the other, but I'm going in there to get some of that food they have. You know, casinos got some of the best meals. <laughs> okay, I digress. But around the nation, they bought their power, and we're still passing. From pouncing to power. They bought, I, I applaud them. They did what it takes to break your history, to break your cycle, they accumulated the one thing that world, that the whole world knows about, and that is a wealth center of power base. We still, we want gimme, 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 doobly, 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 doobly. They are, uh, uh, no, I'm going to do something y'all love. Y'all love to gamble. Y'all love taking risks. Let us make some institutions. So you take risks. Retro racism. They did that and changed their world. They changed the trajectory of their existence. They changed their, their homes. They changed their lands. They, they literally empowered their people by enriching them. We still haven't been able to do that. You know why? Because when we make money, we are the privileged black folks. I'm telling you there's no reason. You know, poor folks don't like nobody because they're in pain. Pain makes you distort all your vision. So anyway, I just want you to know we're going on that way. So let's look at this quickly. So I don't want to bring my guests up. Real racism versus retro racism. Well, you know, we, we've done something and we haven't done enough. Maybe if more of us get what were in the place of decision-making and power brokering, we probably would have had more gains. 
Because I want you to know, if we can take a, a, a lesson from the Native Americans, we can take a, a lesson from the Chinese Americans, we got the, um, the Asian Americans, we got the Middle everybody. We still out there crying, trying to say we never overcome because we won't come over. We have not changed our narrative or our script in decades. We haven't, which is why we can be counted on as pawns to do the matchstick for our life. So we're going to talk about that. This is not that. Somebody has to say it. So my favorite thing is wisdom. And, and listen, wisdom requires logic, optics, just stating what you find, investigating, and corrupting. We are illogical. Now, God says wisdom is the principal thing. Principal means chief, means top. Means controlling, overriding. That's what God said. So we're going to look at that. And, and as soon as I go over these next two slides, I'm going to bring up Apostle Hatch and we're going to turn him loose. We don't know what that means. We'll find out in a bit. But we have good times. So I did this talk as the city elder um, of God's strategy, overcoming the overwhelming. We, as, as African-Americans, we live, we, well, I won't say all of us, because a lot of us don't get pressed for what we did. I told God we need our own television station that doesn't just portray uh, trials, tribulations, but that also balances them with our trials. We need that. We, and we have it, but we don't want to watch it because we, we, we should get our channel up. We're too busy sitting in, on the porch commiserating with each other sitting at the dinner table, planning, sitting in the basement, in some shack, plotting how we're going to go up, or cutting deals with George Soros. See, Black Lives Matter will never, ever gain my respect until they show me that all Black Lives Matter, not just the ones that they're paid to showcase. All Black Lives Matter. Every black life should matter. Like the black life of the business you looted, that should have mattered. The black life of the livelihood you destroyed, that should have mattered. The black life of the people and the cops that you're discrediting, black cops, that should have mattered. See, black lives don't matter to them. Dead lives, dead black men matter. And only the ones that are killed by police. They have a myth. So we need to we need to unmitch Black Lives Matter. Did you notice they don't come they didn't come out for the rest of those people? Right now, they're working with not only rioters, but anarchists. Anarchy is exists to tear down a, an institution, a, a national world. And they're in that. Black lives don't matter to them. And the rest of you all, you all are so glad that somebody picked up a slogan because you're a black folk love slogan. Black life, they matter. Uh-uh, stop that. Stop it. Stop that. And you're not going to aggravate me about my black life. My black life matters. And my black life matters when I, it didn't matter as much when I was broke living in the ghetto than than it does today. Black lives don't matter to them. And you all need to stop following because they gave you a slogan and a spray can. We are, they can always sell it, buy us out with treatment. Just stating symbols. 
shabby slogan. We're so we're a cheap date. Because we they will get together something and the rest of you all sitting home not wanting to do anything. We ought to have civic centers in every one of our neighborhoods. And somebody with thought leaders are telling us what's really happened, giving us the behind the scenes. No, mm-mm. We're like, see, that's where I'm at. My own family. You know, I don't really care. My own family. I was like, I no, no, no. Because one of the things that you do as an apostle is you have to find out where the real power is, and the real power is Jesus Christ. Where is Jesus Christ? All of these clergy talking about they're Christians, and you want to put, you, you want to get rid of the man who got the church back on his foot, who gave us a breakthrough in the church, who gave us a reprieve as the church, who who is trying to vote out abortion. You you talk what? No, y'all are not Christians. Y'all churches, because Christians back Jesus Christ. And they back him no matter what, donkey, bird, it doesn't matter. They back him. And, in, and if you are a Christian, there is no way in the world you can stand there and see somebody fighting for Jesus Christ and you don't care. You cannot, your churches. Because when you are, just like you love your church, you love Obama just because man didn't do anything for us. And over my broadcast next week, check in so you can find out how little he did. Man did nothing for us, but you, what are you backing? You're backing the black race. So you need to find out the deity that's pushing this, because every man walks in the name of his God. Jeremiah 2 says that everybody, you need to find out the God that these people are backing. You need to find out the God of Black Lives Matter. I know the God's name. I did a teaching on it. Remember the teaching? Antonia, I did a whole teaching on that. Y'all need to check it out. See, do your homework. Don't just jump on a bandwagon because it, it, it makes you feel vindicated inwardly with, with your soothing and is soothing to your season. Make sure you want your season to be soothed with the right thing. That I do know. I know that there is no marriage in heaven. So homosexuality cannot be Christian. It's an impossibility. Marriage began on earth. Sex began on earth. Jesus said that in heaven they neither marry nor give in marriage. Now, see, remember I showed you wisdom? Think wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. This is powerful stuff for those who can. But don't sit there and talk to me about, no, I'm not black and I don't have it. I need to understand why black and poor are the only poster children we want. Don't you want to know what what Papa Harris is going to ask me to talk about that? Throw that on him. All right. So here we are. Overcome the changes and the changes. Definition. First of all, we need to redefine this. This Are we talking retro racism? Are we talking contemporary racism? Because they're not the same. And I can tell you that in God's realm, according to the, uh, the, uh, the uh, principalities and powers in the heavenly places that Paul talks about in Ephesians 3.10, God changes the God. You know, and he changes the spirit before he changes the climate because new spirits bring in the new climate. So we need to have our definition set. Mechanism. I mean, right now we're, our mechanism is rage. We got race rage. We're always seizing. Maybe we can change that. Frequency. The power of words. The, the sonic 
boom of the time, the sonic message and wavelength of the time. We talk about that. And his narrative, just get ready to say, how many times are we going to give the same facts and facts, talking about black folks, just we just underserved, we just under the, first of all, we are in love with our city. We like, we, we love, our passion is this city. We like that pitiful passion. We just don't ever get it done. We just we like the man that Jesus met us on the porch of Solomon. Do you want to walk? I want to, but every time I get in his court, they run all over me. You know? He said, I didn't ask you that. I said, did you want to walk? Do you want to be made whole? Well, yes, Lord, but I mean, how am I going to do it? I mean, nobody is there to put me in the court. Do you want to? Now, you know he heard about Jesus. He heard about this young, brash man running through town, getting people sight and blind, and walking and bringing them back from there, and you sitting and telling the man why you are not partaking of the harvest of blessing. That is, that's us. We are, we are on the Solomon's porch waiting for somebody to pick us up and put us in the water because the angel comes down once a year in trouble water. Now, the maker of the angels are asking you, do you want to walk? The maker of the water is saying, do you want to walk? And the maker of everything. I mean, the man is saying, and you know what he said? Nobody could carry me. Narrative. We need to change the script. So the change in the frequency, we want to we want to take it from white noise to colorful sound. So right now we're in love with white noise. Y'all will figure that out. Next month. And here's our last one. God says we must overcome evil with good. That's Bible. God says how forceful are right words. So that so now the narrative has to have different words. He said, Dominion and fear are with him. He makes peace in his high places. Job 6.25. God is making peace in the right. In other words, we've got to move God to want to pull down those principalities and to move and war with those spirits that are warring against us, those spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. And that's God's power. Until we deal with the, we were talking about the apocalyptic elect, until we use our sovereignty to deal with the principality, earth has got a problem. So we want to change the noise, the sound, and the untruth. That's our mandate. That's what we want. Change the frequency. Circulate our homework. Once we do it, then we circulate it. Change the atmosphere, climate, change the sound bias, what the computers are spitting out. And you're going to need that as you go forward when we get closer to the election because they are going to calibrate the voting machine. And we have to override that with our sovereignty as the offspring of the Godhead. We have that power. That's why Jesus did what he did. He did not come as a, as a mortal slave to, him, uh, to the power base. He came as God incarnate, incognito to do something that had never been done before, and that is to switch out the eternal workings of humanity. Okay, we have to change the report. When they tell a lie, we tell the truth. They tell a lie, we tell 10 truths. They tell 10 lies, we're going to tell 100 truths. And we're going to flood the market with truth. These facts are real. Stop letting your family members write to you about their disappointment and you choose a racist and they're not showing you how they know. Start challenging the lie. Okay, so show us. Show us. And don't give me something back in college when everybody was doing stupid things. Or half of us, most of us today are glad there was no Facebook back here. Okay? We're going to continually 
strategize to overwhelm the overwhelmer, and we're going to do one of the things we'll do is recycle testimonial praise and achievements from those who have benefited from the Trump administration. Let the people, the Bible says, let others praise you. Let them praise him by praising. We just going to keep doing it. I got this little, I never even asked for this, but I can try to get rid of it. It won't stop. But I tell you, every five minutes or so, they're telling us what's happening. What have we did that? Because God said, how forceful are my words, and that we overcome evil with good. And then let the benefactors tell their story. Everybody has a story. You know, I was this, and I was that, and I was this, and I was going through that, and this one did this, and this one did that. This is what it is. And then last, lastly, and I'm going to say there's two things I want to say, and then I'm done. But one thing is this first thing. Just because people outlive their harshness and their hardship does not make us any less black, but it makes us, makes us a conqueror. So I'm a conquering black woman. I can just overcome. I conquer. Because warriors conquer. And I'm a conqueror. So you're not going to talk to me about I don't know what it is to be black. So let me tell you something. My experience has been well back up. I have a well black experience. So you're not going to take that from me. Just because I didn't do it in your city doesn't mean I didn't do it. Because I lived the black experience. And I lived it in a horrible, horrible way. And I sit here today not as a moaner and a groaner, not as a complainer and blamer. I sit here today as a, a black woman in conquered. And if God gives me grace, there's going to be more of us that are going to come out of the woodwork and we're going to make you stop lying on us. We conquered. We didn't sell out. We conquered. And it's a shame that people don't know the difference between sell out and conquer. Get a dictionary. Because there is a difference. We conquered. I conquered all of the hate that I lived. And all of the, I was, just because I wasn't in Black Wall Street, I mean that I wasn't in Black North New Jersey, where the riots took out a city, a whole, not just a neighborhood, a city, and surrounding cities. And when it was over, all of that deterioration didn't stop. It went on until we had surrounding cities where you couldn't go in and come out. And you know what? I conquered. And you all who are serious about you, don't call me on my privilege only. I'm a conquering privilege woman. I conquered. I didn't just overcome. I conquered. And look at the word conquer. God made us more than conquer. So I'm going to die definition of conquer. And I'm going to tell you right now, you will not, uh, uh, no, you're not going to shortchange me. Honey. Oh, I, I've lived it all. Guns in the face, thrown in the, in the, in the place. But I've lived it all. And you know what? I conquered. I need to survive. Survivors moan and groan. Conquerors change the script and the narrative. And I changed it. So that's what we're going to do. And lastly, we're going to talk about showcasing Trump's heroics. I'm going to tell you, I, I prophesied this by the Holy Ghost. Donald Trump is going to go down in here and history as a hero. Because when you look at what this man has survived on a daily basis, from not just the Democratic Party, and not just his political constituents, but world wars. And he's still saying it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to go down as a case study. Trust me. I want you to know. Remember I said it. Because people are going to have a, literally have a case study on endurance and overcoming your enemies. God said, having done all the same things, therefore, and then which things? 
It's a wish thing that he told get his, his trophy because this brother was sick and still ready to do it again. He's still not ready to walk away from us. And so, but, but to black folks, because they are always crying about uh, not thriving and always blaming and trying to shame somebody, because we like that shame blame. You know, we want to shame. But we like that shame blame. And so we're always crying and blaming and shaming. We can't recognize a hero that's not on the silver screen. See, we can't recognize heroic today because there's too much compromise. It's too much uh, controversy. We need all of that. It's too much sabotage and substitute. So we can't recognize that. We can't recognize the hero. But the generations that come who will miss through what we've done, who will have to work through and start looking itself for what is good and what is not, that generation is going to call this man a hero. You can mark my words. I promise you it will happen. Not because he was the best or worst president. I think he's a very good president. But, I, but if I had to have a president, I'd like to have a president that can stand against the world and keep pushing if I had a choice instead of one who was always on TV shows and vacations. Because I always wonder who was running the world. Who was running the White House when you were on all your talk show appearances? That lets me know you were a fun. Because you have to stay home and run the White House. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I've been out here a long time and see many of these people, you all can't see it because you are buying the media, media skills and not as many people as you would think. The media has to keep, I mean, you can tell them, you can say they have to keep lying because they have to keep trying. You have to create a disease to take out this man's success. You've already told me he's a winner. You have to shut down the nation to take out this man's success. You already told me he's a winner. Because if this was a, a, a force or a game, this is what we would say. What do we say? You do trash talking. The media is trash talking. That tells me he's the favorite. You see how this works? But the apostles have to think differently. We can't think like the masses and then solve the problems. We have to make up our minds. So you have to come up with all of these tactics. You've got to come up with liars. You've got to come up with cheats. You've got to come up with thugs. You got to, all of that. Are you kidding me? That's just that's the election aside. You already told me who the better man is. Because you can't win fair and quick. Because if you could, we would be on our feet right now. Come on, let's talk about it.
affecting what God made of you and does with you, do with you as a prophet. Now, listen, I'm going to go, I'm going to show you in this book, there is, when you finish reading it, I appreciate that. Let me go here. Oh, almost there. I'm going to show you what we get. We give you a free gift. If you hover your phone over this, if you have your book, hover your phone over this little thing, and it's going to take you to our assessment center where you can take a free to faith assessment. You will love it. Now, listen, we say assessment, but understand we need something. Hallelujah. Don't go and take this to your pastor talking about, I got this for and that. No, 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 no. Don't activate your leader. Don't tell your prophetic leader, chief prophet, that you're ready to go. That's not what this is. This is to give you a barometer of where you are prophetically. Again, a tiny map of timer on prophecy. And we talk about divine communications and stepping by healthy, how to explore your prophetic self and do it. Um, what general prophets assessment contained, and it's all about, it's based on Joel 2.28 and Acts 2.17, God said when his spirit is upon it, everybody can prophesy. Here's what our problem has been. Just because everybody can prophesy doesn't mean everybody can discharge an office. But God is saying, I can now speak to anything I want. All right, Amazon.com and anywhere else, just keep it up. They tell me it's doing well, so hallelujah. Now, Apostle Hatcher, tell, tell them who you are. Why we are joined together in this particular vision of the Almighty, because it has to be his vision first. And then you can just go into what you feel about our climate and what God is going to Well, first of all, I'm a kingdom ambassador. All right. I'm a kingdom mandate. And that is the highest priority of every believer on the planet. Mm-hmm. We represent a kingdom. And it's not a kingdom defined by Jew, Gentile. It's a kingdom defined in Christ. In Christ, we see that God destroyed classism, he destroyed racism, and he destroyed feminism. In Christ, we're neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, we're neither bond nor free. He destroyed all three different primary segmentations of society. So he's got to get back to the identity in Christ mm-hmm. and find us, and it's a kingdom mandate. And, and that's when we begin to eat of the meat that he said that other people don't know about. So those who are living out of that realm of God's mind know about. So when, as I became, came to Christ, when I was approximately 19 years of age, mm-hmm. I sometimes just stutter when I talk, forget what I was talking about in the middle of the sentence. But God did something really good for me. By 21, after saying yes to Christ, I ended up working with a man who developed one of the world's first Star Wars systems. Mm-hmm. That's ground-operated laser strategic missile defense. And I worked with him for about three and a half, worked with him for about three and a half years. Now, I didn't work on those type of things, even outside of those particular operations when we began to work together. Uh, They uh, did a uh, study on this man that became our first business mentor uh, in the corporate work world and developing ideologies. Mm -hmm. And uh, Wichita State did a write-up on him, and they called him the Albert Einstein of this century. So you take a young man who barely graduated from high school, who had the first gun pointed at me when I was uh, 12 years old by a black person, shot at the first time by a black person when I was about 13 years of age, shot at the second time by a white person when I was 16 years of age, and a gun put to my head by a white person when I was 18 years of age. And so I've seen the, the... 
the discriminatory behavior that comes out of sin towards man against man. And I, I'm not going to relegate it to just a skin issue. I'm going to say we have major sin issues. And the adversary is exploiting low-level logic in human deficits. So when I went to work with the scientists uh, for about three and a half years, I began to have my mind recalibrated. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe that if we're going to achieve the crossover, like Joseph is the model of the crossover, we have to allow God to recalibrate our mind. He takes us to various disciplines, mm-hmm. the stewardship discipline, mm-hmm. the prophetic mandate discipline, interpreting uh, the realm of the spirit from a divine logic mm-hmm. and divine symbolism. That's what Joseph represented for the body of Christ. So going through that process, I ended up owning my own advertising business, when I was about 25, advertised for 148 companies, negotiated my own uh, contract with Boeing Military, uh, Boeing Military back then as a vendor of the particular product. And I went through a various seasons where I did government travel. Well, not say government travel. I did travel to various states and nations mm-hmm. and out of the country into those nations addressing different government situations. And this is what I have learned. As a minister of the gospel for the last 37 years, 37 years on the front line, I've come to understand that mostly we're living outside of our kingdom mandate because we haven't interpreted the high-level logic that comes out of the mind of Christ. There's a high-level logic that comes out of the mind of Christ that we are supposed to be acquainted with. You know, angels inhabit the spirit realm, and the scripture says we are those who should judge angels. Mm-hmm. So in order to judge angels, I've got to interpret the realm that angels live in and the principles that govern the realm that angels live in. But we've been trying to interpret spiritual movement from a natural plane, and that's the low-level logic born out of humanity. And humanity and carnality will always, humanity, in, humanity and carnality will always use religiosity to define spiritual movement. And that's where we've made our greatest mistake. Our base must be from the mind of Christ in submission to the Holy Spirit. So uh, in, in, in interpreting uh, intellectual poverty, I had written a book called uh, Understanding and Overcoming the Poverty. Yeah. Understanding and overcoming the poverty disease. It's out there on Amazon. And one of the things I explore in the book is that can poverty be a disease? Disease, separated from eating, and say you have a disease. Mm-hmm. Can it be a disease? And the answer to that is yes. But poverty creates a release of different chemicals inside the body that affects the DNA, it affects the way the uh, the, 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 our uh, DNA matrix twists around itself. So whenever you have that double helix uh, influence that's interrupted because of a poverty condition, it's going to affect your mind. And so it does become a poverty literally in the human body and turns into literal diseases, but also it's a way you think. We're suffering from a poverty of the way you think. We're suffering from mental poverty. So poverty is a disease that becomes a psychosis, which leads to a modality that causes us to think below the high-level logic that comes from the brain. And 
I really like when we address that. When we address throne room realities, we're from a place of principles that govern the throne room. And you have to go above the principles that are governed in low-level logic out of the human plane. So the, in a nutshell, also one of the things, uh, I had written a race reconciliation program and was given a city of 300,000 people in South Africa. Mm. Nelson Mandela had just been let out of prison, 27 years incarcerated. He becomes the first president, black mm-hmm. president of South Africa. You see the abolishment of apartheid, the whites, the blacks, the colors, the Afrikaans, the tribal people, they were killing each other. There was blood in the streets over racism, race ideology. Now, here's a term for racism for the world we play. Separation. That stuff is cutting over. Separation. So in the world level, we say racism. But in the kingdom, there, if there are not a lot of different races. There's only one race. The kingdom on your phone. We get you on the conversion. We convert. We convert. Because the soul is master. It does what it does. We convert. So the soul of God. So in, in, in South Africa, they're battling the racism issue along human lines of classism and separation. Hmm. When I went over with, with the, the city of 300,000, my job was to unite the city, the city, the churches, the churches. That can be somewhat easy. Somewhat easy. And then it can be somewhat difficult. Mm-hmm. Right? Depending on what you want to address. Right. Uniting churches is easy as long as we stay on the surface. Mm-hmm. With the man going to the top. But if you want to go down and really get at the issues that divide the churches, then we have to be willing to sit at the table for a much longer extended period of time. So the job was to unite the city, the uh, churches, the businesses, and the education system, which we were successfully able to do. And so then after that, uh, the Lord began to deal with me about prison reformation, and at the request of a judge, a judge actually asked me if I would write a prison reformation. So that's what I did. And for every $1 million spent per 500 inmates, we're able to save the taxpayers approximately $12 million. In Oklahoma, if you're in a, a city like New York, you can save $72 million per 500 inmates. I believe the greatest idea is to come out of the kingdom, not out of the world. What they did is just that we, we put them back in the world. I can't even tell you how many times I've been called worldly because I wanted to be with you in a rocket. I was like, but you realize, and I will say this to you, if you're taking me out because I want to mess with my family, Jesus was a sovereign long before he became a savior. I want you to think about that. The lion of Judah predates the lamb of God. So that tells me that his pre-carnate existence was as a sovereign, as a monarch, as a king. If that, that being the case, and you can find it all throughout Scripture, then we have got to stop thinking that God wants to lock what he does down in the church or in the ecclesia alone. Then the ecclesia has stopped going into all the world to preach his gospel to every creature. Well, he said, uh, you are to make friends with the unbodied man.
Alright? And he says, I'll enter your hands like a midnight. 
found in the kingdom of God. You can't, and, and I believe, and I know you know this, Apostle, that we're headed for the greatest fight that the church has ever seen that can only end with the glorification of the body and the persecution to death of the body. Some people think we're headed to a takeover on the earth. No, we're headed to death. We're going to push the escalation with the zeitgeist of the age to the ultimate end, which means someone always dies. But, but you know, unless there's death, there cannot be life, because God is the God of resurrection. Not just restoration. We want restoration. God wants resurrection. One of the things that I need us to think about, and, and we have that at our reason is that, that I'm not covering that about I, I talked about Jesus saying that he, but you have to get the, I, I, I can't even get the justice now because I was going to a different anointing. But you, we have got to recognize that God is going to make us cosmic warriors. The essence of what was said was that God was taking his children and he was bringing us to him to fit us and opposite us for cosmic battles that the angels have already fought for us. Now, evil, God, I'm not fighting the battle for you. I'm going, I'm going to outfit you so that he can give us the edge we need to defeat the darkness. As much as the, uh, the enemy tries to make you think otherwise, God was ready for them to kill those prophets. Up until then, those prophets were weak as habit. They were bringing people back to Christ. They were tearing down principalities. They were instructing government. They were instructing government leaders. And they did that. And they did it until God said, okay, like he moved it with those two witnesses in Revelation 11. Imagine you've done that. Okay, now it's time to let, let the harvest grow on what we've done. So we're going to see that. And part of my teaching on the apocalyptic elect is to find it because you know how can they hear without preaching? So somebody has to preach what God wants to preach. And so we, we've been preaching that we think. In other words, we've been preaching we to you now. It used to be folks, it's now we. You know, your family, your home, your this, your that. If, if, if there's no country, nothing that you call your inheritance or legacy will matter. Or it has no framework, no infrastructure to exist. So you're going to have to think better than my, you know, my baby, and I'm just going to throw this ball and it's going to be all right. I'm going to you with a napkin and you're going to be all this. I'm going to spit in your face and all of that. Those days are gone. And you know why? I'm telling you because the angels that administrated them have been switched out. That's why we're trying to do it. You have to understand the principalities the, the and powers in heavenly places. You've got to go to the backstory. And the backstory is that they change. So God switched out those angels. You are no longer served by the same angels, which is why God sees in power. He sees like he's unresponsive. Lord, do you hear us? We want you to go beat up the devil for us. Again, God said, no, no, you can't keep letting the devil in the house. You keep bringing them kittens and finding out they're lying. So that's work. And so now we are going to have a discernment, and we're going to have, to have some trainings. And I, I teach my church every week. This is who we work because we, are going, we want the early church, but we don't want to be the elect. The early church wasn't just worship. The early church was a problem. Dark as God. They like Dorcas. Dorcas made nice clothes. Wonderful. And Dorcas died. And so us, we're going to call her the paper. 
Whatever's happening in the public field, that doesn't matter. The report 
which has primary interests rooted in their desires that, that are all anti-Christian ideologies. The socialist agenda, watch this. What most people don't know is that Black Lives Matter, the organization, received millions of dollars. You had the largest corporations in the nation, Google it yourself, commit hundreds of millions and billions of dollars collectively to Black Lives Matter. And I'm going to say, Black Lives do matter. But all lives matter and Black Lives Matter. And if there's an injustice, we want to address where the injustice is at. However, what people didn't know is that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist or religion with Marxist ideology. And Hawk Newsom says it in it. He says it straight out. Listen, not only did they say that they followed the pattern of, 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 of the Black Panthers and that they followed, the, they took me straight out, we followed the pattern of the Black Panthers and Islam. Mm-hmm. The spirit of Islam is antithetically, diametrically, and juxtapositionally opposed to Christianity. Esau Jacob, that's how God does it. Esau Jacob, Esau Israel. If you want to go right to the Bible, so you understand it, that's what it's about. And so most, most black people don't know that when you jump on the Black Lives Matter bandwagon, and you as black, we as black pastors, I don't know, because God said there's a spirit behind that, that ain't my spirit. And the real agenda hasn't been exposed yet. And if black people, if most black leaders knew that they were giving the spirit of Islam control over young black minds as pastors were marching saying Black Lives Matter, they didn't know that they were actually giving our young Christian believing, we, we were yielding them to a leading spirit of Islam. And, and didn't do our research where you can see Hawk Newsom say, we follow the pattern of the Black Panthers and we follow the pattern of Islam. And then the founding, one of the founding members of Black Lives Matter movement said, listen, let's be clear. Now, this is her saying this. Let's be clear. We follow. Is a Marxist ideology. We are we are trained Marxists. Trained Marxists. That is to upend, undo, and overthrow capitalism. To overthrow the the, the, the construction of the Republican. But they needed the demagoguery influence black vote. They needed the minority vote. We're not going to find out what they believe. So when, when, when I show black leaders say, hey, can you stand for this? And they go, wait a minute. No, I don't stand for the Marxist stuff. Well, do you stand for this? But oh, no, I don't stand for uh, uh, Islam being the primary voice leading the majority of black people. The moment we did that in mass, we literally empowered the very zeitgeist and spirit of the age that's going to be the one we'll have to confront in our city. Oh, but, but wait, let me say this. So this is not you. I told you I was in the, right, we all remember when Cassius Clay became Muhammad Ali. They paid him big money to bring black men with him. So maybe several months after the riot, we go outside and all the black men are changing their name. You only change your name when you have to That's the law of creation. You change your name when you surrender to the God. So we come out and now we got the bow ties and the bean pies and the newspaper. Come on, come on, all right? So letting us know. 
her, he said, wow, I found out that Black Lives Matter belongs to Satan. The organization belongs to Satan. It does. Now, the minds are what they are, but the institution. So the people understand that they're becoming Satanists when they decide to come along with Black Lives Matter. But there is another passage that goes along, I think it dovetails with this uh, very well, and I've read it before. Go with me to 1 John 4. And I want to say, what you're watching here, so so you don't don't get it. Well, let me look at that. Let me put this caveat here. Okay. Every Every corporation that's giving hundreds of millions of dollars to Black Lives Matter, while Hawk Newsom, the largest Black Lives chapter out of New York, he said, and I quote, we are building our war chest. And when the police do something wrong in the community, this is what he said three weeks ago, and I've been letting everybody know. He said, we're going to fight fire with fire. We are being trained by black ex-special forces to defend our own community, and we will, we will, Burn down this nation until we get what we want, which is black sovereignty and independence. Their goal is to set up a nation inside of a nation with their own laws and their own police and their own militia and their own military. And when the shooting starts, because the gang leader says, wait a minute, you, you walk in the streets in the neighborhood and you better look the other way while we're keeping our drugs trade going in the hood. Or are you only going to draw down on the police, huh? Or you want to draw down on the on the, the black uh, drug trade that's very 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 profitable. So we're about to experience civil war, and when the shooting starts, are you going to look the other way when a black life that matters is being gunned down, ninety percent of them by other black men? Black lives matter, so they're going to kill black folk. So you understand, black lives matter. Now I'm going to tell you, and I speak this apostolically because I do. I'm going to tell you right now, that's the base plan. But the plan in the ivory towers, no, no, that's not going to be how it turns out. Because those elites are going to turn on them. Because I want you to understand, these Europeans ain't trying to give a power. Y'all need to recognize that that's not what they do. This, this is this, this, what, this, what's happening right now. You're about to see it. I told everyone a few weeks ago as I was doing research, you're getting ready to say corporate America turn on Black Lives Matter. Okay, you're getting ready to get corporate America turn on Black Lives Matter because they are culpable if they gave the money that created the war trust and armed them. So now they're going to lose their investment in those communities where they actually invested in, propagated, and became the financial utility for them to be able to do what they do. You're culpable if you fed the civil war. And I'll tell you what, they're going to, they're going to do is throw up their little stuff and move on to some little island and try pulling slings from overseas. Um, I want to, I'm going to talk about First John chapter 4, because this is powerful. So he talked about it being Muslim. He talked about it being Islam. He talked about Black Lives Matter being Marxist. We know that there's Marxist used to have issues. Um, we know that. But look at here, first one, the love. Believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God. What God? The God and Father of Jesus Christ. That's who God belongs to. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby we know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. 
What is this long distance? He's just another prophet. And every sweet spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. So you need to understand that the, the, the text, the God text, has to do with what do they say about Jesus. Because, see, we got a lot of black preachers who say, I don't care what they say about Jesus. And I don't care because I care about my people. You can't love people more than Jesus Christ because you can make people. You can't save them. When they're dying of cancer, you can't heal them. When they are shot down in the street, you can't bring them back. When they are starving, you can't feed them. So don't talk about you loving your people all that much because you're choosing a God that hates God's people. And let not that folks be... Let me just go ahead and be just give this voice up. Let not let us not be deceived. Because the Bible says Canaan is always a slave. I'm just saying. So don't think that they're not going to enslave you after you've done that work. Because the only way to get out of your slavery is in Christ. That's the only way for us to be free. Otherwise, the creation mandate on offspring of Ham. And less is slavery. So you're going to be a slave to justice, and you're going to be a slave to justice, and you're going to be a slave to strength. And Jesus is shown. So then you go. Well, you know, I like to do my homework. Malcolm X was got uh, killed by police. Oh, black men ran in and then pulled out a shotgun and said, Get out of my pocket. And it's believed that the Elijah Muhammad sent an assassination hit on him. So whenever someone can't control the narrative, they try to silence the voice. And that spirit of assassination is actually traveling through the black community right now because the, the desire to not be enlightened with the truth. Yes. Everything that we've said, you can go and find for yourself. And if they remain ideologically aligned and they remain physically aligned with that movement, then every one of their congregations comes under the legitimate, rightful authority of Lucifer to sit up on Sunday mornings in every one of the congregations. And what does that look like? Because sometimes when you say things like that, people are like, well, it's, I mean, what are you talking about, my church building? What are you saying? Is it just my church building? Is it what? Here's what it looks like. It looks like your leaders are covered by the covenant they made with the deity that they set over. So they are going to have be somewhat protected. But in your life, your kids are going to fall into crime and drugs. Your daughters are going to be mutilated. Your home is going to be under attack. Your job, because you have to know the fruit, the wages of sin is death. And the fruit of spiritual warfare is that the little man suffers. We are the pawn. So you're going to have to recognize that. So you're going to wonder why all of a sudden your favorite at work changes. You're going to have to wonder why all of a sudden your landlord who works with you can't stand you. You don't have to worry if you're concerned about why your boss suddenly doesn't think you're all that great and you can't do anything right. Because the, 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 the final statement or the final manifestation of this is that the grace of God, the grace of Jesus Christ has switched out. So where do you see that, Dr. Christ? I mean, you're saying it. Where is it? How about Saul? God sends a distressing spirit when Saul changes God. He sent a distressing spirit and he said, the spirit of the Lord left him. So the spirit of the Lord has left your church. Your church is going to have tension. You're going to have contention and, uh, and animosity. You're going to have friction. Why? Because Satan can't get along with Satan. Well, 
unstoppable force. force. You don't even have to say the name of Jesus. The frequency of the Holy Ghost will deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's not New Age. That's just kingdom truth. God just, listen, if we just come into agreement, God by default will send the blessing and clear out atmospheres if the believers, the unity of the brethren can be maintained. And you don't need a bunch. You just need a few. No, he told me global. He said, because this is a world false problem. He says one thing, he says, say my name, because the sound of the word, words are spirit. And he says, the sound of my name. There is no name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. He says he has exalted his what? Above, his word above his name, and his word is what? Jesus. He's the logo. So he told me, he said, tell them, I don't want anything from my vessel that I have that doesn't announce me that I'm here. He said, when I do, he said, this is what I'm here. He said, then my angels will follow. I'm saying, we had, okay, come on, podcast, do something. You know, we, we had so much fun. Don't, don't leave. We had so much fun. We forgot to leave. He wouldn't even let you. The army don't fight until the shofar sounds. Um, the frequency went before the fighting of the army. Study Jericho. The walls didn't fall until the shofar sounded. And they had to shout out. Not until I wouldn't even let my angel armies move until I heard the sound of Jesus' name. That's it. And the sound that freaks him under the new creation is Jesus. Jesus. Oh, they had Yahweh. We got Jesus. We got Yeshua. And every language under the sun, every nation, he said, I want you to do it around the clock for 90 days. Now, you've asked God for strategy. He gave me a strategy. Now, it may not be the pen paper strategy and the, the, you know, tactical strategy that we are uh, accustomed to implementing, but my Bible says do the ghost first. And praise God first. He said, I'm calling this a praise war. And when you think about it, how many times God sent the angel in to destroy an army that didn't even know why they did? Come on. Didn't even know why they did. All right. Okay, round of applause for our guest here. Uh, the online response is overwhelming. This this situation right here, they're already calling for a part two. I said, what am I doing that? So, uh, I said, we have to do it again. You're in. We're so compatible. It's only a part of the Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. We go back and look. It is lit all the way on fire. With <laughs> I didn't think it was something you wanted to do. Yes. <laughs> Watching the show right now. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, really good to see you next. Okay, so I never knew what he was going to say. I was like, wow, you are so fantastic. Just reach it. So, listen, fam, we're bringing him back. If you let me know on, on Facebook and YouTube and wherever we are, let me know how much you want him to come back. He needs to feel good and welcome. Okay. What's
five. Once again, round of applause. Yes. We're to James episode of the Paula Price Show. Please put some Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.